Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, joined by Wendy McConnell today. Happy to be here. Yeah. So last time we got together, we talked about the one percenters as it relates to net worth. And we, you know, the Fed recently came out with these numbers and updating what does the American people look like? You know, what is their net worth? What does their income look like? So today we're going to start talking about the 1% of income. So I want to start with a question here for the listeners, but also Wendy chime in here, what you think, how much money do you need to make to be rich? What do you think? Well, what do you, what's rich? Are you talking well, about the 1%? Yeah. So we can start, start with 1%, <laughs> but that's part of, that's part of this, right? Similar to net worth, rich means many different things in many different places. And depending on your lifestyle, right? So I've, I've worked with plenty of clients over the years, some of which who, you know, they make a million dollars, but they spend a million and one and they don't feel very rich and others who a hundred grand, but they only spend 50 and they feel like the world is their oyster. They can do whatever they want. Right. So it's definitely a subjective thing. And so, you know, we'll get into that, but just to sort of set again, this is across American households. Now, most households in America now are two income. We've definitely been seeing that shift over the last, I don't know, 20 years, let's say, but probably even longer. So most, so they look at not just, Hey, what's my salary individually, but what's your household income look like? And some of these numbers, I think were surprising to me on the low side and some surprising on the upside. So um, if you just, again, across the board, what is the, what does it take to be in the top 10% of income earners in the United States that number is $248,610. Okay, top 10%. That's the top 10. So again, that's a now that's a lot of money, that's a great income, but to be honest, that number sort of surprised me on the low end. I was thinking, you know, you think about the top 10% or now certainly as we get to the top 1, that's you know, the one percenters know who they are. I was going to say like 500 million or something. <laughs> yeah, like something crazy, right? And that's, you know, again, the disparity between income and net worth, I think, shows a little bit here. So top 10% was 248. Top 5% takes a pretty big jump to 390,000. So to move from the top 10 to the top five, you got to be making, I'm just going to round up a little, another 150 grand per year, which is, again, a, on a monthly basis, you know, that's 12.5 a month or whatever. So now here's the that so that was to move up that five percent to move up the next five percent, the top one percent of income earners, income earning households in the United States, one point two million per year. Yeah. So there's where you see the really huge jump. Huge jump. You know, I think to a lot of people, at least to me, like oh, top ten percent that seems relatively attainable. You know, it's not a crazy number. It's obviously high. 
not crazy. Even top 5% being just shy of 400,000. Like, yeah, that feels like you could maybe get there. Doable. Then you get to the top 1% and you're like, oh, okay. That's a, a whole separate thing, right? So sort of interesting. So now again, I, I think it's interesting to break this down by age like we did with the net worth. So to be in the top 10% by age as a 35-year-old, so for 35 and under, that to be in the top 10% is $146,000. Now, again, big number, but as a as a current 35-year-old, that feels relatively attainable um, to be in the top 10%. Now, the top 1% jumps all the way up to 465000 for 35 and under. I don't know where you were at, Wendy, when you were 35, but I don't know a ton of 35-year-olds making close to 500 grand. Um, so that again, that, that I, separation I there. Yeah. I would not be here with you right now. <laughs> if you, yeah, if that was your trajectory. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, and then again, we, we see those, if you want to stay in the top 10%, once you eclipse 35, that jumps up to 250. And, and we sort of see each year or each age bracket to stay in that top 10%, you've got to, you know, take some jumps until retirement age, and then they start to come back down. And we see that to be, so let's just like maybe switch this up for retirees, right? So if you're, and we'll just assume age 65 here as the retirement age, if you want to be in the top 10% of income for a retiree age person, that number is 254,000. The top 1% of retirees, that's about 1.5 million. So again, a pretty significant jump between the top 10% and the top yeah. 1%. You know, again, fascinating, I think, to just to see that by the age. And we see even, you know, I'll get into the median stuff here again, just as a reminder. We looked when we looked at net worth, we looked at the average, but also the median, the median being the most common. You know, what are most people actually doing? Because if you look at just average income, again, it's really skewed by the top 1% makes everybody look like they're right. If you're, you know, if you're looking at the average as opposed to just the most common salary. So, right. And then you have to keep in mind too, the people in like the rural areas in the middle of the country, they're making right. a little amount of money. Yes. Yep. And that gets back to the relativity, relativity, excuse me, of being rich, right? Is yes. If you're again, just to use me as the example here, if I'm 35, so to be I guess the top 10% for me is 250K. If you live in New York City and you make 250K, you feel like you're poor. Yeah. If you live in Salt Lake City, you feel like, hey, I'm doing okay. Like, I'm, this is, it's not crazy, but I can do with the things I want to do. And if you live in, I don't know, uh, Preston, Idaho, I was just talking to a client from Preston, Idaho, small little town in Idaho. If you're making 250K there, you feel like you're doing awesome. Right? You're the so mayor. Again, yeah. <laughs> relativity for sure. So, you know, so if we look at the median stuff, like, you know, we'll get into that. Cause there's something I, that I think this number to me, or, or when you look at the income and, and comparing it to how the net worth numbers change and the income change, there's one to me really striking thing. And what we, and we see it play out more in income than you do in net worth, which is how much your education level impacts your income. And impacts those, not only just the 10%, but how those things, you know, the top 10 or 1%, but how they move over time. So I remember growing up, Wendy, you may have heard this as well, but 
for them, you know, there was always this sort of common refrain or, or maybe it was the high school was lying to us, trying to get us to go to college. But they said, Hey, if you get a college degree on average, if you get a college degree, you will earn 1 million more across your life than somebody without a college degree. Have you ever heard a yeah, saying like that? You know, something along those lines. Yeah. And it was basically like, Hey, you'll, you'll start out $25,000 ahead. And you do that every year for 40 years, 25,000 times 40, that's a million dollars. Right. And, and we definitely see it's not to the penny there, but we see that play out. So if you look at the top 10%, it, you know, that, that 40, that million dollars a year, let's say that's really at the median income level, right? So if you're just the median sort of the general, what does the general person make college degree versus not, you see that type of a gap now if you but that gap that million dollars in extra earnings they say if you get to the top 10 percent or top one percent that it's exponentially higher so we see the top 10 percent of income for someone with just a high school degree so if you just have a high school degree and you want to be in the top 10 percent of people with high school degrees you make 133k but if you're in the top 10 percent of those with college degrees, that number is 427,000. Wow. So it makes that, you know, again, we're talking about the top 10% here, not just the the average person. Right. So now if we look at the top 1%, so if you if you just graduated high school and you, you know, to achieve the top 1% of people who just graduated high school, that number is 330K. If you look at the top 1% of college graduates, that number is now 2 million. So again, wow. a pretty significant difference here. And this, so I think, you know, it's relatively obvious or, you know, I think we all know we continue to hear college degrees are good. Now we're starting to get to this point where with the college loan crisis and are you with how expensive education has got, there's a lot of people now trying to decide, hey, do I really want to do this? It's going to cost me a lot of money, right? Here's the reason, at least currently, given these numbers, why that education, I think, still really matters. And this was, to me, the most striking thing about this report is these the, you know, the median income. So now we talked about the, the wealthy, the 10%, the 1%. Now let's just look at, hey, what is the median? What is the average American, general American? Where do they fit in all of this? And this, like I said, I'm the buildup here is maybe not going to quite pay off because I keep you know, thinking about it, but the education really, really stands out in this, in this regard. So if we look at again, median income level, just by your age and or median income by age and education, if you are, let's say you didn't graduate high school, your median income or the, the average in, I keep saying the word average, but again, averages mean median is just the most common number. If you didn't graduate high school, that most common number, you know, that median income, I got to zoom in here so I can actually read these numbers. If you're less than 35, that number is 32K. If you're younger than 35, when you're 35, it goes to 45K. From 45 to 54, it's 30. 55 to 64, 27. 65 to 74, 30. 75 plus 27. What, why are the numbers going down? I'm confused. So that's 
the point of this is that income, you know, typically we've seen things growing over time, but what you're seeing here with income, especially your education level dramatically impacts your income over time. If you don't graduate high school, your income, your earn, earn income earning ability, you we see in these numbers stays relatively flat. You're really not able to move yourselves up in income. You're not. Does, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Maybe you're I'm not, not getting explaining the raises. This, but that yeah, you're would. just the education level. Yeah, you're just not able to progress through, or you're having to take jobs that just don't have the same type of upward mobility potential. Okay. They have and like a that, cutoff for salaries. Yeah. Right? Yep. You can just only make it so far. We see the same thing just with high school graduates. So the numbers are higher. If you didn't graduate high school versus graduate high school, again, if you're 35 and under now that median income or most common income, and you hear this, you know, median income for a family of four type of numbers they, they talk about all the time, but it stays basically starts at 50 K gets up a little bit higher into the 60s, but flatlines at 60. That 60K now has sort of become the peak for someone with a high school diploma. And these okay. numbers, I should say, these are inflation adjusted over time, right? So, okay. but the college degree, so high school, you can get to 50K or 60K and then it sort of flatlines. A college degree peaks, you know, it starts at 86K. So just a little bit higher than a high school degree. But by the time you reach retirement age, that's up over 160,000 with a college degree. Okay. So you, that having that college degree really impacts your ability to increase your money because you can see that median. So again, if you have a college degree and you're between the ages of 45 and 54, according to this data, the most common income is right around 150,000. Okay. So it's got Whereas, term benefits. Yeah. If you only have a high school degree, the median or most common income level there is 66K. So again, there are plenty of people who didn't graduate high school or only graduated high school who make it to their top 1%. And you can still, you know, again, the top 1% of just high school graduates was, you know, 300 and change. There are people that do that. But on average, in general, without that college degree, your income really seems to be capped over time. So I thought that to me, that really stuck out in this data as, you know, we saw in the net worth data, it wasn't quite the same because there are plenty of things that factor into that. One of which being, you know, inheritances and things over time to boost your net worth, but your income really seems to be capped based on that education level. So I didn't mean for this to turn into a education seminar here, but to me, as I was going through this data, it really stuck out. If you want to be able to move up the chain to increase your income and to not hit this cap, that college degree becomes really, really important because everything, everybody else gets to a certain level and they, they're just sort of capped at that level. So I found that to be fascinating, again, thinking about where is income and, and what can, you know, that's part of, let's say, the American dream, right, is this ability to move up, quote unquote, social classes. Yeah. But you're really finding as we dig into this, aside from the exceptions, again, there are exceptions to every rule, but the key to moving up those social classes for this data is that education, getting a college degree gives you the ability to 
to move up the up the scale there. So hope this was interesting to hear, you know, what is it that the rich really are doing and where are the rest of us at and how we compare gives you some goals to shoot for here, right? To try to get into that top 1%. So, you know, again, I've got to be making over a million a year for me to at, at oh, my age easy. to get that. So yeah, no problem. That's, that's weekly for me, right? So, you know, give you some good things to shoot for. But to me, it was really reiterated to me the importance of, of education and that that really puts you in a position to to try to start to work your way towards that being the top 1% net worth level, mm-hmm. which, you know, hopefully the income translates to. So if you have any questions or you'd like to learn more, please check out our website at wittenbergwealth.com or you can text me at 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.